Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. He already believed. He believed enough to go get Jesus. He made the journey to go get Jesus. But in route to his miracle, something happened to hinder his believing. And Jesus said, don't let fear come in on your journey now. You're on a journey to a miracle. Don't let fear interfere here. Don't let fear enter your heart. Don't listen to the people around you. Ignore them. Keep believing. We hope you find this message encouraging. Art and I are so delighted to be here. Boy, your worship was great this morning. You guys did a really good job. Y'all give them a hand clap. Every time we come, there are changes. Is that good? That's very good. You know, uh, recently I got a call from a pastor, and uh, he called me because I belong to a mega church, and I'm on staff at a mega church that's growing. And he was concerned that his church was not growing. In fact, it was shrinking. And he asked me, what did I think was the secret of our church growing? And you know what the secret is? The message that we teach must always be the same. There's only one message. It's found in this book. Now, the methods we use have to change. They have to change. And I'm delighted that, that you are moving with the Holy Spirit. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. You're making those adjustments. And, you know, there, I could, you know, I could talk for, and Pastor and I are having lunch. We might talk about some things. Who knows? But I am excited to see. It's been a year since I've been here, and I see positive growth and positive changes. I feel a, a powerful Holy Spirit here, and I'm glad to be home with you this morning. I'm going to talk to you about a subject. You know, there, I'm a, most of us have an area that, that we really love, that we talk on and teach on more than any other area. And with me, uh, worship is one topic, but the other topic that I teach on a lot is faith. And um, I'm going to talk to you about a couple of scriptures. The first one I want to give to you is found in Psalms 27, verse 13, in the Amplified Bible. And it says this, What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? When I see things happen to people, and because I minister and pastor ministers, we minister to people, people call us for prayer, and occasionally I stop and think, oh, what do people do that don't know the Lord? What do people do when this happens? You know, when, when the hurricane, we're, uh, certainly we're not celebrating, we're commemorating perhaps that this time last year we were under horrible storm threats and flooding and horrible things happened. And, you know, they happen to good people too. Bad things happen to Christians. Bad things happen to nonbelievers. The difference is we know the Lord. We know someone who's already looked ahead and made provision for us. But what would have become of us had we not believed? I know what would have become of me had I not believed. In 1984, about 1984, I would have died because I had cancer. And had I not believed for a miracle and gotten that miracle, I would have been dead. I think about my marriage. I wouldn't be married to that handsome man. Had I not believed that it was God's will. Well, Art. (laughs) He's shaking his head when I said handsome. I think he's the handsomest man in the world, but I'm prejudiced. But I wouldn't, we wouldn't be married today. Had I not believed that it was God's will for us to be married and had, had I not prayed and pressed through. So it's definitely important that you believe. But what should we believe? 
Well, you say believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Yes, that's good. But beyond that, what should we believe? Well, I want to look at another scripture and probably one of the most famous faith scriptures. Now, I teach a lot on faith. And if you wanted to define faith, you'd go to Hebrews 11, 1. Well, I don't want to go to Hebrews 11, 1 first. I want to go to Hebrews eleven six because it says this, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever comes to God must believe. And then it tells us what we must believe. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, say rewarder. So it's not just important that we believe God exists, but we have to believe that God is a rewarder. And then it goes on to say, say this, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he's not just a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's a a scripture about prayer that I don't have in my notes. Sorry, y'all. But it says this, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman is tremendous in power, makes tremendous power available to you. But it's the effectual fervent. And here it says that we must believe God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He doesn't just reward everybody. He doesn't even reward all believers. You can believe God is and you can still not walk in the power of God because you don't really believe that he's going to reward you, that he's, that you're going to get the thing that you're believing for. So we must believe God exists and we must believe that God is a rewarder and we must believe God's word. Three things, three things you might want to write down that you need to believe. You must believe that God exists. Now you can believe God exists and not be born again. Did you know that? Because Romans 10 tells us what we must believe about God's existence. It says if, if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we can be saved. So we have to believe in our heart, not just that he exists for our salvation, but that he became a man, that he died for our sins, that he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he rose again. And you know, there are a lot of humans that just find that hard to believe. They just find that hard to believe. I am so glad that I was born into a Christian home that from the moment I was old enough for my mama to pound me on the head with the Bible, my mama pounded me on the head with the Bible. She drugged me to church when I didn't want to come to church. If you are in church this morning and you are a young person and you would rather be at home sleeping, let me encourage you, the day will come when you will say, thank you, mom, for making me come to church. Because what happened to me is my mother so pounded the word of God in my life that you could beat me to a greasy pulp on the ground and that greasy pulp would cry out, the word is true. God is true. I believe the word of God. I once spoke in a church, not a charismatic church, and uh, the pastor, they arranged for me to have lunch with the pastor before I spoke there. This happens occasionally when they want to make sure I don't teach anything they don't believe. (laughs) And so he was interviewing me to make sure I wasn't going to teach something strange like speaking in tongues. But when I go to those churches, I don't use the T word. I talk about the Holy Spirit, but I don't use the T word. And so we were having lunch, and he said these words to me. He said, you don't really take the Bible literally, do you? I said, well, yes. He said, the whole Bible literally? Yes. He said, do you really believe? Now, if I told you the denomination, you would fall out of your chair because you would be shocked that a pastor would ask this question. 
you don't really believe Jonah was swallowed by a whale, do you? I said, hey, if the Bible told me Jonah swallowed the whale, I would believe that. I believe the Bible. He said, but some of it is just, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's, it's meant as a story or as a parable. Well, if it's meant as a parable, it says Jesus gave a parable or Jesus told a story. But I want you to understand that if you will train yourself to believe the whole word of God, the complete word of God, if he said it, it's going to happen. And it may take time, and you may have to be diligent, and you may have to persevere, but it will happen. Now, this verse that I really am zeroing in on, you must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder, is a part of that great faith chapter. And, you know, everything we get is by faith, by believing. Really, faith is just believing. That's what faith is. Faith is believing. Faith is having confidence. And, uh, you know, we're saved by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Grace saves us, but we get into that grace through faith. So you have to have faith to get saved. Jesus often made this statement when healing people, great is your faith, or your faith healed you. He talked about faith. Faith has the power to get you healed. Jesus talked about all kinds of faith. He talked about people with great faith. He talked about people with little faith. He talked about people with no faith. One time he asked somebody, where is your faith? Indicating maybe they'd misplaced it. Sometimes I think I misplaced my faith. God has to ask me, where is your faith, Billy? Where is your faith? And so let's look back at the first verse of Hebrews 11 together. And I want to look at it from three different translations. The first one is just the regular uh, King, New King James Version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is substance, and faith is evidence. If you look at it in the Amplified, I like the classic Amplified. You know, the new Bibles have two different Amplifieds. I don't know where they got that other one, but I like the classic one. And the classic one says this. Now faith is the assurance, say assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we are hoping for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith, I love this line, faith perceives as real fact what has not yet been revealed to your natural senses. So faith believes it before it sees it. That's what it's saying. Faith believes it before it sees it. What do you believe? Faith believes it before you see it. And then there's the living Bible. And the Living Bible says, what is faith? What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we're hoping for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it just up ahead. So faith is assurance. Faith is confidence. Faith is substance. Faith is believing. Say, faith is believing. Now listen to our verse once again from verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Do you want to please God? I want to please God. I want to be pleasing to God. When I stand before the Lord, I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to be pleasing to God. And if I'm going to be pleasing to God, I have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For when I come to God, I have to believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, diligently seek him. 
Now, if you look at the word believe in the dictionary, this is what it says. To think something is true or real. To think something is true or real. To be convinced of the actual existence, <clears throat> occurrence, or validity of something. To expect or hope with confidence. To trust. That's what it means to believe. All of those things. That's the long definition of to believe. Some, some people say seeing is believing. Any of you ever said that? Well, you need to change your conversation. Seeing is not believing. Faith believes before it sees. Faith believes it's true even before, it's see, before they see it. I don't think that the question in this group is do you believe that God is it? Thank you so much. Can you undo the lid for me? Yeah. Because I only have one hand. I don't think the question with this group is, do you believe God exists? We all believe that God exists. We have the correct answer to that. Absolutely, God exists. We know God exists. But what do we believe about God? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about faith? Do you believe he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Do you think that, that God is, is a, uh, that, that God considers anything about you when he answers your prayer? Do you believe that you won't get what you want if, if you're weak, uh, if, you're, if you're not strong? If you're, does God have a preference in men or women? Does he like women more than men? I think he likes women the best, but it's because I'm a woman. <laughs> she did it. She just didn't take the lid off. Thank you. See, they're like God. They just, before I ask, they hear me and they bring me what I need. Now, I want to talk about two levels of believing because everybody in this room has two levels of believing. We're talking about what do you believe? I want to help you in your faith. So when you pray, you can believe that you receive what you're asking for and you can get it. So here's the first level. There, there is a, a conscious believing. Now, what does it mean that I consciously believe? That means I believe it. I know I believe it. There's no question that I believe it. It's in, the, it's in the front part of my mind, and I believe it. I believe this dress is blue. I can see that it's blue. I believe this dress is blue. You say, I think it's purple. Well, you're colorblind because this dress is blue. I have conscious surface beliefs. I know what I believe. But there's another type of belief that can affect what you receive from God, and it's your subconscious belief. I really find this in ministering to people, especially ministering the Holy Spirit to people. I find that many people have a subconscious belief about the Holy Spirit that keeps them from moving up in a level of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and especially a prayer language because they've been taught something in their past and it's, it's in the back of their mind and they have a real hard time getting past that. Now, that's one area, but it's in lots of areas that we have that. A subconscious belief is a belief on a deeper level that is based on your education. Sometimes it's based on tradition. Sometimes it's based on family. It could be based on all sorts of things. Let me give you an example. If I were uh, a medical professional, let's say I'm an oncologist. I'm a doctor who has been trained in oncology. That's cancer. And, and, I, and I'm a specialist. And I've been practicing as a physician for oncology for years. And I get a diagnosis in my body that I have a particular pancreatic cancer. I get the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer in my own body. 
Now, I read in the Bible that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. But, and I might even say that, oh, yes, somebody come to me and say, well, you know, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Yes, I know that Jesus heals, but, you know, pancreatic cancer is a deadly cancer. Isn't that what I would say if I were a specialist? Now, what's happening? I believe on the surface level that the Bible's true. But I believe something else on a subconscious level that may keep me from pressing through to my miracle. Do you see how that works? Do you see how that works? There's a little conjunction called but. And if, you, if when somebody says to you, let's say you're, you have a financial need. And, and, you, and you read in the Bible that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And you say that out loud to somebody or they say it to you. And you say, oh, I know Jesus will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But my house is about to be repossessed. And I just lost my job. Now, what have you just done? Well, you've, you've shown me that there's another belief in you. That may be a little stronger than your confession of the word. Well, what am I going to do about that? Well, you know what? The Holy Spirit can help you. Sometimes, sometimes you'll come to the Lord and you will be praying and you will say, Lord, I know you can do this, but I know that I'm not worthy. What's happening? Have you got another belief hidden somewhere in you that's going to keep you from receiving what God has for you? Yes, yes, yes. What you believe about yourself, shame, unworthiness, all of those things can block your miracle. What you believe about the devil can block your miracle. I had a lady that was in my Bible study for years, and she said, you know, of all the things, she came from no church background. But she, she said, of all the things you taught me, besides Jesus and besides faith in Jesus, of all the things you taught me, the most important thing you taught me is there really is a devil. And he really wants to kill me. Because she said, I, I didn't know there was a devil. I blamed everything on God before I found out there was a devil. I thought God did everything. I didn't know that I could rise up and fight anything because I thought it was from God. Now, see, there are certain things that we, if you believe, you've got you to gotta know what you believe. And you've got to make sure what you believe lines up with the word. So how do I establish right beliefs? Well, the word of God. We got to get our beliefs based on the word of God. And if you never crack the book, you're going to never know what to believe. What should I believe? What should I believe? Listen to what John said in, in John 20 verse three, uh, 31. He's talking about all the things that Jesus did. He said, before he made this statement, he said, you know, the whole world couldn't contain all the wonderful things Jesus did in his brief life on the earth. But these are written, what's written in the word these are written so you might believe. These things have been recorded so you might believe. What? That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that in believing, you might have life through his name. So the whole Bible is written that you might believe and that you might have life. Two purposes of the Bible. So I want all the life I can get. The older I get, the more life I want. And I know I'm going to get it through the word of God. I know that. I know that. God's word is filled with promises. God's word is filled with blessings. God's word is filled with instruction. God's word is filled with cautions. 
And we have to believe his promises and we have to believe his blessings and we have to believe and obey his instructions. That's diligently seeking him and he will reward us. Here's another scripture. I like to give lots of scriptures. Have you ever noticed that? Mark 9, 23, Jesus was talking to this man. This man brought his little boy to the, he actually brought him to the disciples first and they tried to cast a a sickness, a, a demon of sickness off of him and they weren't successful and he came to Jesus and Jesus said to him, if you can believe, say that with me, if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Wow, that is quite a statement, y'all. All things are po- all things are possible. Well, except no, no, no. Jesus didn't say except. He said all things are possible if you can believe. The problem is not on his part giving it to us. The problem is on our part receiving it because we have to believe in order to receive. And we limit it. Oh, he might do that for her, but he won't do that for me. Well, I don't know if God is interested in that. He may not be interested. Oh, yes, he's interested. He's interested. All things are possible. Boy, that's a big statement, isn't it? The condition is believing. Now, what should we respond to that statement? Well, I'll tell you. The man responded just what I would respond. He said, oh, Lord, I do believe. I do believe. Help my unbelief. What? That's <laughs> That sounds like the man is crazy, doesn't it? No, he's saying, I believe, I believe. But if there's some area that I'm not believing, help me to believe in that area too. I pray that. Lord, I want to believe. I want to believe you for big things. I want to speak the word. You know, uh, my pastor challenged us, all of the staff, in January to find some scriptures and to meditate on four scriptures for your personal life and ministry for this year. And so I found my four scriptures for this year, and I started meditating and praying and speaking those scriptures over my life. And it has been astounding as that I have seen those scriptures begin to happen in my life because I believe what I say, and the more I say it, the more I believe it. And it's true for you too. Listen to what the Amplified Bible says about that man, the man's response. Lord, I believe constantly help my weakness of faith. Strengthen my faith. Make me believe more. What you believe determines how you respond to every situation. I have a lady in one of my Bible studies. She is a hoot. She has, uh, we've been in Bible study together for 40 years. And uh, in fact, my Bible study started in her home. Beautiful, red-haired, she's 80 years old, was Miss Louisiana, still gorgeous. And uh, about five years ago, she started losing her memory. And she said it got so bad that she could, could hardly remember her husband's name. It was horrible. She said it was terrible. And Doug, her husband, was afraid that she was getting Alzheimer's. And so they gathered up all their money, and they found a, a neurologist in New York that it would cost $30,000 for him to just see her. But they went to see him, and they went to New York, and they did all of these tests to try to find out what was wrong with Ramona's brain and what could be done to fix it. And she said he called her back in his office, and he said to her, Ramona, within a year, you won't even know your name. You have a, your, your brain is just, it's, it's just shrinking. Uh, you know, you're just losing. No, you won't even know your name. And this is what she said. You need to learn this statement. 
She said, Doctor, I don't believe that's God's will for my life. And she left that office with that determination. That is not God's will for my life. I don't care if I did just pay a fortune for you to tell me that. It is not God's will for my life. And she came home. This was five years ago. She began to pray. And within a couple of months, she was totally healed. And she has she is perfectly fine today. Her brain working much better than mine. Busy ministering healing and salvation to everybody she sees. Now, see, you just got to make up your mind. It doesn't matter what a doctor tells you. It doesn't matter what anybody else tells you. You got to find God's plan for your life. And she found it in the word. It was God's plan for her to be in health as her spirit prospered. I would that you prosper and be in health as your spirit prospered. She knew she had a very healthy spirit. So her body had to line up with that. We've got to believe him. We've got to believe him. What you believe determines your conversation. Did you know that? What you believe determines what you receive from God. And what you believe will determine your destiny. So let's discuss that part about your conversation for just a minute. Because I, I don't want to be like the physician that said, but. I don't want to have any kind, uh, uh, con, the, well, I just forgot the word. <laughs> yes, I don't want any of those in my conversation. <laughs> conjunction in my in my conversations we have now listen to this scripture this is found in second corinthians 4 13 and 14 we have the same spirit of faith as him who wrote i have believed say that i have believed and therefore i speak so the, the same spirit there's a spirit of faith now, the spirit of faith means life-giving force. Spirit is life-giving force. So there's a life-giving force in your faith that says, I believe and I speak. When you believe something and you speak something, there's a life-giving force in your words. I have believed and therefore I have spoken. We too believe and we speak. And we have the assurance that he who raised up the Lord Jesus from the dead will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. So there's this principle of believing and speaking. Now, I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't always totally believe when I start speaking. Sometimes I'm struggling. I know I need something from God. Circumstances are overwhelming me. Maybe symptoms in my body are overwhelming me. But I know what God's will is. And I know what the Bible says. And I believe God. And I believe he's a rewarder. So I began to speak with my mouth. I began to train myself to speak with my mouth what I expect to receive from God. What God has promised to give me. And as I speak it, something happens. The word of God begins to take root in me and destroy doubt and fear. And so I have to speak it. Now, I, it, uh, it operates the other way. I can be believing God, my faith be way up here, and somebody can come along and say something negative, and I agree with them and start speaking that negative thing over my body, and immediately my faith level begins to drop and my symptoms begin to increase. What is that? It's a principle. And it's true, y'all, whether you believe it or not. Because speaking the scripture activates the spirit of faith. Speaking the scripture 
activates the spirit. Are you learning something? I hope you're learning something. A life-giving force. A life, the spirit of faith is a life-giving source. Now, I want to share with you, I'm just going to tell you the story because it's kind of a long passage, but it's a story we all know. It's a Christmas story. In the first chapter of Luke, there's a story about two different people with two different reactions to the word of God that really speaks to me about the importance of what you believe. The first one is Zechariah. Zechariah is the high priest. He's the father of John the Baptist. Now, before John the Baptist was born, Zacharias was going into the Holy of Holies. He was the high priest that year. He went into the Holy of Holies. He was married. He had been married for years to Elizabeth, and they had been praying and believing for a child. They really wanted a child. They had been praying and do you understand? They had been praying and believing for a child. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. And your wife, Elizabeth, is going to conceive and bear a son. And he is going to be anointed of the Lord. He is going to be the forerunner. You're to keep him in the wilderness. You're to prepare him for his ministry. And what did Zachariah say? He said, oh, that's not possible. He said, I, I'm old and, and Elizabeth's old. How can this possibly be possible? He, what? He had been praying and believing for a child. And, when, and it wasn't just a thought that popped into his head that he might have a child. An angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, I don't know about you, but if an angel of the Lord appeared to me, I would tend to believe him. I think it's interesting what the angel did. God didn't say, well, then, then I'll pick somebody else. Elizabeth just won't have this child. You have such a bad confession. You have no faith, and you're not getting your promise. No. What did the angel do to him? Anybody know? He was not allowed to speak. He struck him with dumbness. He was not able to make a sound. He shut his mouth because he did not want his words to hinder the miracle God wanted to do in his life. Sometimes I think God needs to strike me dumb. And you too. No. But you know what? He, he just, we, we have to be careful because he had a wrong response. Now, here's the other one. Later on in that chapter, it says the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. And he said to Mary, oh, blessed are you among women. You are highly favored of God. You are going to give birth to a child. And he is going to be the most high anointed one. And you're to call his name Jesus. And she said, uh, do you know that I'm a virgin? You know, I'm not married, Mr. Angel. How will this happen? Now, there was a difference in what Zacharias said and what Mary said. Zacharias said, that is not possible. We are too old. She just said, I've never heard of a virgin giving birth. Can you tell me how this is going to happen? The angel answered her. He said, the power of God is going to upon you, and the Spirit of the Most High is going to overshadow you, and the thing that you are going to give birth to is going to be of, a, of God Almighty. And you know what she said? She didn't say, oh, no, that's not possible. That's never happened to anybody. No, no. No, she said, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Whatever he wants to do, I'm available. Be it unto me according to your word. Do you see the difference in what the two people said? 
two people, different responses, receive his promise. Zacharias spoke against what he'd been praying for. Do not be guilty of speaking against what you're praying for. Do not speak against your miracle. Receive the promise. Don't ask, how do I know it's true? If God gave it to you, if it's in the word, it's true. It's true. Let it be in my life according to your word. That's what we want to pray. Lord, let it be. Let it happen to me according to your word. According to your word. And things will change as you make the believing connection. One more little example. When uh, the woman was healed of the issue of blood, Jesus was en route to heal a little girl. That's really where he was going when she ran into him. He, he was going to heal a little girl. But he was delayed when that woman touched his garment and he stopped and she came and there was a conversation. And during that time, the servant of the man who'd come to get him in Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, verse 36, they came and they said, don't trouble the master anymore. Your little girl died. Just, there's no point in him even going to your house. She's dead. Listen to this. I love this. This, And again, I want to read it to you from two different translations. The first one says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. But I love what the Amplified Bible says. The, The Amplified says, overhearing what they were saying, but ignoring what they said. Sometimes we need to ignore what people are saying. We need to ignore the voices around us. We need to ignore the circumstances. Jesus said to the ruler, do not be seized with alarm and st- or struck with fear. Only keep on believing. He already believed. He believed enough to go get Jesus. He made the journey to go get Jesus. But in route to his miracle, something happened to hinder his believing. And Jesus said, don't let fear come in. On your journey now, you're on a journey to a miracle. Don't let fear interfere here. Don't let fear enter your heart. Don't listen to the people around you. Ignore them. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep your faith in action. Keep speaking. Keep believing God, and you'll see a miracle. And may I say, they saw a miracle. The little girl was healed. The little girl was raised to life again when Jesus came. Fear is an emotion that will try to block your ability to believe God. The result was that little girl was healed because that daddy pressed on through. He refused to give up. We must not allow our current circumstances nor any negative report around us to affect what we believe. We must remember God is a rewarder and I am going to diligently seek him. Believing will cause the glory of God to manifest in your life. Just a couple more scriptures that I want to share with you. Listen to this scripture in John eleven forty. Jesus said to her, said I not to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. He's talking to, to I think, Martha. Martha or Mary won, and it's when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And he told her, if you'll just keep believing, you're going to see a miracle. You're going to see the glory of God. The glory of God is the manifested presence of God. When the Lord manifests his presence, things happen. When the Lord manifests his presence in a building, things happen. When the Lord manifests his presence in your body, things happen. Things happen. And he said, I told you, if you just keep believing, you'd see the glory of God. Now, if you keep believing, you'll see the glory of God. You'll see the glory of God in your kids. You'll see the glory of God in your finances. You'll see the glory of God in your health. You're going to see the glory of God. The key is to believe that what you say when you confess the word will come to pass. It is the word of God. Believing will bring your answer in prayer. 
Jehoshaphat said in Second Chronicles 20, they were surrounded and, and looked like no way out. And he prayed and the Lord sent a prophet to him. And after he prayed and after the prophet came and told him what to do, I'm glad I wasn't in his choir because the choir went down first right into the camp of the enemy singing. But this is what he said. He said, if you will believe, this is what he said, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets. Now today, I'm not saying I don't believe in prophecy. I do believe in prophecy. But the greatest prophecy is this word. This word speaks forth the word of God. This word speaks forth what God wants to do in your life. And, you, and of course, if, if somebody came to me and said, thus saith the Lord, I would listen to it carefully and then I would check it out with this book. Because even if somebody comes with you with a prophecy, it has to line up with this book. And, the, and Jehoshaphat said, if you believe his prophets, you will prosper. Second Chronicles twenty twenty. So you'll be established and you'll prosper. And then finally, believing releases God's power. Jesus said unto them, this is in Mark 16, 15 through 18. Go into all the world. You know, he was not speaking just to his disciples. Because he said, everyone that believes, this is for everyone that believes. He said, I want you to go into all the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized is going to have an opportunity. You know, maybe you were splashed or sprinkled. Well, you're going to get an opportunity to get dunked. If you've never been dunked, get dunked. He that is baptized shall be. That's, by the way, that's the first commandment of Jesus. That's the very first commandment of Jesus to believers. So if you've never been baptized... Get baptized. Be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now listen to this. Say, I'm a believer. Now listen. And, and these signs shall follow all those who believe. Now listen to what you're supposed to do. In my name they will cast out devils. Isn't that funny that he put that first? We'd rather do anything than cast out a devil. I mean, if somebody comes in here that's demon-possessed, we'll go try to find somebody else to do it, won't we? I would even do that. I I don't want to mess with demons. But I'm I'm called to do it. So I know I can. I can. I can. I believe I can. you got to believe you can. And we're supposed to do it. They'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. If you have somebody that's taking chemotherapy, give them this scripture i always say if you eat drink or are injected with any deadly thing it will not hurt you it will not hurt you in the name of jesus it will not hurt them and they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover do you know it's god's will look at your hands every day when i pray i I pray the blood of jesus over my hands and i ask the lord to make my hands diligent creative and fill my hands with power But I don't know that I ever really, until this year, when I began to really seek God and and speak my four scriptures, and this was not one of my four scriptures, but when I began to speak the four scriptures that the Lord gave me for my life and ministry this year, just just not too long ago, the Lord brought this up in my spirit, and he said, do you realize it is my intention for you to lay hands on the sick and for them to recover? Well, Lord, I do that. He said, no, you don't really believe it, though. You lay your hands on the sick. Because that's the tradition to lay your hands on the sick. But you need to understand that when you really believe that you have healing in your hands and you lay your hands on sick people, they really will recover. Doesn't say they have to believe even. 
It just says, if you are a believer, you can lay hands on sick people and they will recover. I'm telling you, train yourself to believe. Let me go back one more time. And I want to go back to the very first verse that we shared, Psalms 27. And I want to read the rest of that, starting with verse 13. I want to read verse 13 and 14, and I want to close with this. What would have become of me if I had not believed? That I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. So if you want to believe, then you need to do this. Wait and hope and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope and expect the Lord. And train yourself not to believe circumstances. Not to believe negative words. But to believe what God said. To believe the promises of God. And to begin to walk out what you believe in Jesus' name.